Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now, let's get into today's teaching. I'm excited for the word as we're here once again to go forth and break forth uh, the bread of life. So I'll open up a prayer and we will dive on into the word. Father God, we come now on this day that you've made, oh God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thanking you, oh God, for this day, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for another opportunity to break forth the bread of life, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for everyone who's listening under the sound of my voice, oh God. We thank you, oh God. Uh, right now, they God, that every distraction is removed, any, every hindrances we declare are removed now in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask you now, God, that your words shall go forth with power, and we know that your words shall accomplish what you set it out to do in our lives, O oh God. And we thank you, O oh God, that our ears of understanding will be open, our hearts uh, will be open to receive the word that shall go forth on this day. We give your name all glory, all honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And a man, last Bible study, we talked about uh, spiritual, well, on our spiritual warfare training, where we were talking about defending the bloodline. We talked about defending the bloodline and the importance of our, our bloodline in the body of Christ, um, as that we are expected to defend our, our bloodline as we move forward. And uh, so just a quick recap, uh, we were talking about how that your bloodline was here before you were born, and that you may have been... Uh, born into a curse. Uh, let's say if your, your bloodline was cursed, things that were passed down from generation to generation, but God chose what bloodline you'll be born into regardless of what the background was, regardless of what happened. God still chose that bloodline because you were that generational curse breaker. And we also talked about the importance of uh, generational blessings, uh, that there's some things that you can get individually. Yes, we all can pray for individual things, but there are some things, generational blessings that are specifically attached to your bloodline, and there's some things we cannot receive until we get it through our bloodline generationally. So we're talking about the importance of your family bloodline, and I know some of you feel like, okay, my family is dysfunctional, or my family has this going on, but that's why you are there. That's why God planted you there, uh, because you can, again, be that interruption in your family bloodline. And so that's why demons hate covenant. They hate godly covenant. They hate family, because, again, Satan doesn't have family. He has workers. He has those who work under him, if you will, but it's not a true family. And so he knows that that's why we have the body of Christ, the, the family of God. We talk about brothers and sisters in Christ. And Satan understands that, and he hates that. So that's why he tries to attack the family. He knows that if he has uh, the family, then he has the church. Because, again, God is a generational, God, a generational God. So your bloodline is so important because it was here before you were born, and it can go after you leave the earth. So, again, your legacy, your legacy is tied to your bloodline and so that's why we it's important that we pray for our family regardless of what may be going on regardless of what you think is going on regardless of what so-and-so say to you whatever at the end of the day it's still the bloodline that you're in an enemy can attack legally there's something attacks that you had that you experienced that had absolutely nothing to do with anything you've done but it was already in your bloodline so you have the ability uh to counterattack by making sure that you uh, attack those demons, those generational demons that have been in your bloodline since before you were born. So that's just a quick, a brief recap of our last Bible study. So you can certainly 
go back and listen to that because that's not something you're going to get in one sitting. So be sure to go back and listen to that because I got a lot of feedback. A lot of people was asking questions in reference to the bloodline. So I want to make sure that you go back and get that, that lesson because, again, now we're tonight, we're already on part 16, part 16 of our spiritual warfare training. So we're going to go into part 16. And tonight's topic is your divine right to healing. Your divine right to healing. So understand that you have a divine right to healing. And, of course, we know that the enemy wants to attack our body. That's the enemy's goal, to try to attack our bodies, uh, try to attack us mentally, physically, emotionally, etc. And so, therefore, we're going to talk about tonight your divine right, your absolute divine right uh, to healing. And so understand that there's some things that you don't need to think about if it's in, God, if, if it's in God's will or not, uh, because it's already in his word. So it's in the will of God that you are healed in every area in your body and your life. Again, it is in the will of God that you are healed in every area in your life. And healing can be physical, emotional, psychological, etc. Mental illness and any other diseases are not from God. Hear me clearly. Mental illnesses and any other disease are not from God, but it's from Satan. And as God's children, we can bring healing to the earth. We can bring healing to others' lives because of the power and authority, again, that rests on the inside of us. So, so again, you can bring that healing. You can bring because of the power and authority that, that's in you. And understand this. So one of Satan's tactics is to try to get us to believe that just because someone was born with a certain illness, that it was God's will. And if some of you, you may, you may have family members, you know, certain situations going on, and you were like, okay, wait a minute, this is, you know, so-and-so, Johnny was born with a physical ailment, mental retardation, et cetera, those type of things. And sometimes we believe that that's just, that's just how it is, that that's, you know, they were born into it. Uh, you have, you know, there was a, even a song that came out, top of, I was born this way. And understand that just because you were born a certain way does not mean that that's, that was in God's will. It doesn't mean that that's how it has to remain. It doesn't mean that that's how it has to stay. So, again, we have the power and authority to bring healing on earth. And, again, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. So, again, and with that being said, understand this. Satan is trying to get us to believe that just because someone was born with that illness, that's from God. So, God, you want me to be this way. You want me to be handicapped. You want me to be, you know, be depressed. No, it's not in God's will. We're going to tackle that tonight. So understand, so you were in a spiritual fight in the womb and entered the fight outside the womb. So don't quit because, again, you have a divine right to God's promises. And not only do you have a divine right to healing, but you also have the power to bring healing to others that you come in contact with. Again, you have the power to bring healing to others you come in contact with because God didn't place you where he placed you by accident. You're not there by accident. You're not in that city by accident. You're not on that job by accident. You're not in that community by accident. And not only do you have power and authority, but God expects you to use the power and authority to evict demons and to change lives. Yes, you are expected to evict demons and change lives. So, again, that's, that's what's expected. That's what he expects from you. So you've got to make sure that you walk in that power and that authority. And, again, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now uh, with, with the spiritual warfare and the training. If you act fearful, again, we know, again, what is fear? Fear is a what? It's a spirit. So we know that fear never came from God. God, would, God, Scripture clearly says God has not, he has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm going to say it again. We know the word. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a what? A sound mind. So therefore, if you know that, if you understand that, then you should not be afraid to go about and bring healing into the lives of others. Yes, a perfect stranger. And again, we're going to get into it. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. So again, you have to understand this. 
we must understand that our responsibility as children of God, God gave you power and authority to use on earth so you can bring his kingdom on earth. That's responsibility. And that's why there's always, 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 always work for you to do. There's always work to do in God's kingdom. So if, if you feel that you aren't doing anything, if you feel like you're in a rut, if you feel like you don't know what your purpose is, that's not on God. It's for you to seek his will. And going around, watch this now, going around healing people who are sick in the body, mind, and soul is enough to keep you busy for a lifetime. You going around healing folks that you come in contact with, laying hands by the power and authority that's in you, speaking the word of God over their life, you have that ability. You have that ability. So God expects you to walk in that ability. He expects you to operate in that ability. And again, I say it week after week after week after week. We know it, that God is not getting off of his throne. God's not getting off his throne. So there are many sick around you who have been praying for healing. There are many sick folks around you where you live, in your grocery store, that have been praying for healing, in your family, those who have been praying for healing right around you. They've been praying for it, waiting for a miracle. But guess what? You may be the answer to that prayer to bring God's kingdom to them. You may be the answer to their prayer that God's going to use you to bring his kingdom to them. So therefore, you have to walk in godly boldness. And the enemy tries to send fear so you don't pray for someone in person who's sick because you have the power of the Holy Spirit to bring healing. Again, the enemy tries to send fear so you don't pray for someone in person who is sick because you have the power of the Holy Spirit to bring healing. The enemy knows that. The enemy recognizes that. So that's why he tries to cause fear in your life. Okay? So again, that's why you got to walk in that boldness. And the more you do it, you will conquer fear. And so it's not you doing the work, but it's the Holy Spirit doing the healing through you. And that takes pressure off of you. It's not you doing the healing. It's not you. It's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. So literally, God is doing the work through you. Understand that. So therefore, you shouldn't be afraid to, to, to pray for someone who's sick. If you see a, a perfect stranger, is all right, I pray for you. Because, again, that's part of your responsibility because you have territory. So if there's sickness in your territory, it's your responsibility to bring light to that darkness. So there's many people around you who have accepted their sickness. Well, well, Lord, if it's your will, it's your will, I'll be healed. No, it is his will that you be healed. It's in his word. Okay? So that you don't have to, that, so, so let's get that out the way. Let's, let's knock that out the window. You, you don't have to ask God if it's his will that someone is healed. God already said that it is will. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. It's already done. So again, you have to have that mindset that it's already done. He's already said that he desires for us to prosper and be in good health. Again, not without getting ahead of myself, but just, just, just to put that out there for you, to, to remind you. So, again, you have the power to bring divine healing to others. You just need to put the Holy Spirit in position to do his job. Put the Holy Spirit in position to do his job because he won't force himself. The Holy Spirit desires to heal. He desires to heal. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. He desires to heal, and he desires to do it through you. But if you're not going about laying hands and praying for the sick, then the Holy Spirit is limited in your life. The Holy Spirit is limited in your life if you're not going around doing miracle signs and wonders. So, again, you have to put it to work. And the more, again, you do it, the more you will, in fact, conquer that fear. The more you will conquer that fear. So, again, just, just, just putting that out there because, again, we, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take off in a minute. But I just want to make sure we're just setting a, a little bit of foundation here. 
as we move forward, because some of this, it, it, it's going it's to challenge your faith. It's going to challenge your faith on a whole new level. Okay? So, again, so again, there's some sick. There's some that are, that, are, that are still sick near you. Not because they didn't pray. Watch this now. Not because they didn't pray, but because you passed by them with the power of the Holy Spirit in you to bring healing. You passed by them with the power of the Holy Spirit in you to bring healing. I'm going to say that again. There are some folk who are still sick near you, around you, in your vicinity, even in your family, not because they didn't pray, but because you passed by them and you have the power and the Holy, of the Holy Spirit in you to, to bring healing. And that, again, comes with responsibility. And this is, uh, again, and this is one reason that we get filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I said all the time, if the Holy Spirit fills us, we ought to go out and we empty ourselves out. And we come back and keep getting filled. So you should keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit to go and do the will of God. Okay? Again, that's responsibility. And so, again, what's in you should come out so you can go back and get filled again. What's in you should go out so you can come back and get filled again. And too often we think that when we see someone who's sick in any way that we have an option to declare healing over their lives. When we see it, we think that we have an option to declare healing over their lives. But understand this, hear me clearly, praying for the sick that you cross paths with is not an option. It is a mandate from God because he did not give you power to sit on. I'm going to say that again. God did not give you power to sit on. He didn't give you power to sit on. He gave you power to use. So some of you are, are trying to wait for the next big thing, the next move, the next vision, and God's like, you're still sitting on some of your power. You, you're supposed to bring divine healing into the lives of others. You're still sitting on your power. So you, you have to wake up. You have to wake up. So any type of sickness, watch this now, any type of sickness is an attack from the enemy in an attempt to slow you down. But God placed his healing power in you. You just have to use it. And everywhere, watch this now, everywhere that Jesus went, miracles, signs, and wonders followed him. Everywhere that Jesus went, Miracles, signs, and wonders followed him everywhere, everywhere. And so guess what? You now have the authority of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. So everywhere you go, miracles, signs, and wonders should follow you. I'm going to say that again. Everywhere that you go, miracles, signs, and wonders shall follow you. It should follow you because of what's resting on you, because of what's resting on your life. You got the power of the Holy Spirit, the same resurrection power that rose Jesus from the dead. You have that. You have that. So, so, so watch this now. So it's not so much about how special we are, but it's about how powerful God is, and it makes us special that we're used by him. That's what makes us special, that we're able to be used by God, that he chose you. He put, he put the power in you. He put the authority in you. That's a beautiful thing. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. That's an opportunity. And that's why the miracle signs of wonder should follow you. And watch this now. We got to change our mindset. We got to change our outlook. You must look at sickness and disease of any kind as your enemy. You have to look at sickness and disease of any kind as your enemy, and it's your job to destroy the enemy in Jesus' name. What Jesus did on earth, guess what? We are supposed to do. 
And he said, greater works, meaning more, more we ought to do than what he did because he was here for a short time. So the spirit of infirmity is an enemy whose job is to inflict people with sickness and disease, but it's our job to overthrow it. And again, like I said, we can talk about mental disease, physical disease, emotional trauma, etc. And there's some who are losing their mind. Watch this now. Hear me clearly. Hear me clearly. There are some who are losing their mind, but because they come in contact with you, you can usher in God's peace. You can usher in God's presence in their lives. There are some who are emotionally in turmoil, but you can set them free by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. Again, you can set them free by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through you. You can and it's expected of you to do. It's required of you to do. Okay? It's required of us to do. And as God's child, you must take the healing power of the Holy Spirit everywhere you go. And God desires healing for his people. And he intends to use you to bring forth that healing. God desires healing for his people. And he intends to use you to bring forth that healing. One of the biggest myths is people think that all oh, the, oh, the healing miracles, that's just for those with the gift of healing. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's for all of believers, followers of Christ. And watch this now. The enemy has cursed many bloodlines with generational sickness, but you can break the curse and pray for generational healing. And there are families who have been keeping the curse going by saying things outside of God's will pertaining to healing. Well, you know everybody in the family got diabetes. Everybody's sugar. Everybody in the family got heart disease. You know cancer runs in the family. So they're, they're keeping that curse going by speaking it. They're empowering those spirits. And yet they're giving, they're giving praise to those spirits. Okay? So, again, you have the ability to break the curse and pray for generational healing. So don't accept the family curse that others seem to be comfortable with. But it's your job to reject it and break the curse. Again, I say week after week after week, God is not leaving his throne. And it's our duty to bring his kingdom on earth. God is not leaving his throne. It's our duty to bring his kingdom on earth. So you must bring healing. You must bring deliverance. And healing is not an option. Hear me clearly. Hear me clearly. Healing is not an option. But you have a divine right to healing because Jesus already died so you could be healed. Let's go to our first scripture. Let's go to Isaiah 53 and 5. Isaiah 53 and 5. Very familiar passage of scripture. Isaiah 53 and 5. One verse. And it reads, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And by his stripes we are healed. So understand this. Jesus Christ was wounded, crushed, beaten, and tormented, not just so we could be saved, but so we could be healed. I'm going to say that again. Jesus Christ was wounded, crushed, beaten, and tormented, not just so we could be saved, but so we could be healed. So when it comes to healing, we must look through the lens of a completed work. We're not just healed from a sin-sick soul, but also physical, emotional, psychological healing, etc. So you're not going to get healed. Clear this, clear, get this difference. You're not going to get healed because you're already healed because Jesus already paid for it. Someone is not going to get healed because, again, they're already healed because Jesus paid for it. And, for some, and, 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 and so it's your job when you come in contact with someone 
who's crippled, wheelchair, limping, high blood pressure, diabetes, wherever, wherever the case is, it's your job to bring the kingdom of God to them and stop thinking about yourself and think about what if it doesn't work. Realize that, again, it's not your power that you're coming in. It's not your authority that you're coming in. It's the authority of Jesus Christ. So that takes the pressure off of you. You just go and do it. Jesus said to go, 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 go and make disciples. Go, 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 heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Go. He said go. He said go. He said to go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Yes, folks are still being raised from the dead. There are still people who are going around who are raising people from the dead. Because it's the same thing that Jesus told us to do. But because a lot of times in the Western culture, in America, we become so spoiled or so dependent upon doctors. And yes, God used doctors and, 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 and anoints doctors, et cetera. But we become so dependent on doctors, so dependent on medicine, uh, so dependent on, on what the, the diagnosis is until we take the supernatural out of our lives. We don't make enough room for the supernatural. But yet it's the very thing that God told us to do. It's the very, and think about the one with the issue of blood. It said that she had been in that situation for 12 years, and she spent all her money on doctors, but the situation only grew worse. But when she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she was immediately made whole. She was immediately healed. But guess what? You bring the glory of God. So when you come in contact with them, healing will come. Sometimes it's immediate, and sometimes it's gradual. Sometimes it's immediate, sometimes it's gradual. And I've told you all the story before of when a friend of mine had called me about it, their cousin, you know, they, they said that, you know, they was going to give him three days, give her three days, going to take her off of life support. You know, things weren't looking good. So I didn't, I didn't really know the family like that, but they're in my area. They're in my territory. So I said, I'm out of town, but when I get back in town, I'll come and I'll stop by the hospital and I'll pray. And then when I see you, so they said that, you know, that the doctors didn't want anyone else to come in there because it's a very sensitive case, whatever. But the mom said, you know, now I was about to pray with the family. But the mom said, well, you know, you can come back and pray. So the mom, me, the mom, and the cousin went back there. And the doctor was saying pretty much that he was brain dead. Though her legs were moving and certain things, they said that that's some, something called stimuli, something with a stimuli on the brain. So, you know, the doctor's like, I know it's confusing. So the doctor's pretty much saying she's really brain dead. I know she's moving her legs, but technically she's brain dead. There's just something in your brain that responds to touch or stimuli. But they said, but she's brain dead. And so it's pretty much, they're pretty much already giving up, even to the point where the mom, the mom said, the first conversation that the mom, that I had the mom when I met her, she said, well, you know, we're just prepared, you know, God's will, God's will be done, whatever God's will. I said, well, it's, it's God's will that she be healed. And when I went in that room, I prayed and I said, I'm releasing life under her. I spoke to her spirit. I released life, the, the power of the Holy Spirit in her. And I got a call, a text message three days later from the cousin saying that she was responding. And, and in the next couple of days, she was home. And I'm still waiting to get that video to moms and times so we can get it, uh, you know, documented live to show that this was a woman who was brain dead, that God rose from the dead. So again, this, this is something, it's not special in me. I just believe God's word. I'm crazy enough to believe God's word. I'm crazy enough to be obedient when God told me to go. Go heal the sick. Go raise the dead. And the same thing he told me to do, it's the same thing he told you to do, because it's the same word. So what's stopping you? Fear? Fear is not from God. So therefore, if fear comes in the picture, then you know that's not from God. You know that's the enemy because the enemy doesn't want you to wake up to this power. The enemy doesn't want you to realize that you have this much power. And I say it time and time again. There's folks on your job and your community that are healed, that are delivered because you showed up. But they don't know it. They may never know it. 
just because you showed up, because you are a glory carrier of God. You bring God's glory. You bring the manifested presence of God everywhere you go. That's what it should be like. So therefore, you were, you were able to make that change in their, in their lives. So again, so we're not going to get healed. Someone's not going to get healed. It's already done. We're just going to remind them of what God already said. We're just going to come in contact with them and bring the kingdom of God with us. It's just your job to bring the kingdom of God wherever you go. It's your job to bring light to darkness, and sickness is darkness, and it's your job to bring light. And some folk, get, they don't have nothing to do with the person, not some of their sin and all that stuff. That's old school, old mind thinking, oh, well, they must have sinned. What kind of sin did they commit? No, 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 no. It's an attack from the enemy. It's an attack from the enemy. The enemy is attacking your body or their body, their mind. And it's your job. That's what Skipper says. When, when they're weak, when, when we're weak, he's strong. When our brothers and sisters are weak, we, you know, we hold them up. We build them up. We strengthen them, strengthen our brethren in the Lord. So, again, Jesus paid for our healing. So if you know someone who's sick in any way, whether physical or emotional, you can grab their healing for them. I'm going to say that again. Jesus paid for our healing. So if you know someone who's sick in any way, whether physical or emotional, psychological, you can grab their healing for them because it was paid for, but sometimes we have to fight the enemy to secure it. Your healing, your deliverance was paid for, but sometimes we have to fight the enemy to secure it. If the enemy took your healing, if the enemy took their healing, you need to fight and snatch it back because guess what? It rightfully belongs to you. And watch this now. Hear me clearly. Sickness and disease will never be greater than healing. Sickness and disease will never be greater than healing. So get your healing and shame the enemy. Take the healing power with you. Lay hands on the sick. Pray for the sick. Take it with you and shame the enemy. Let's go to Mark 16. Let's go to Mark 16. Mark 16, verses 15 through 18. Mark 16, verses 15 through 18. All right, and it reads, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything daily, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. So we see here, he outlines it, makes it clear to you. In verse 17, you accept Christ. You believe. You accept it. You're saved. And he said, in the name of Jesus, again. So, so now Jesus is saying, okay, look, now he's breaking it down for us. He said, now I'm, I'm going to give you my authority now. I'm going to give you my authority. I already gave you my power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, again, the power of the Holy Spirit is what brings the healing. That's what does the healing. But the authority of Jesus Christ arrests the enemy. It, 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 it literally Binds the enemy. It arrests them like, a, like in chains. It, it arrests them. They, they have to obey the authority of Jesus Christ. Demons must obey the authority of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're able to engage in spiritual warfare because we're coming in the name of Jesus. We're coming in authority of Jesus Christ. And we're coming in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the authority is the law and the, and the power does the work. 
The authority is the law. So you have the law on your side, the law in God's kingdom, the authority of Jesus Christ, and the power. The Holy Spirit does the work. That's why we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you go out and, and you minister unto others. You witness unto others. You tell others about the goodness of Jesus Christ. You lay hands on the sick and recover. You encourage them in the Lord. Then that's, that's now you're being, now you're pouring back out what was given unto you. You're pouring back out. Remember scripture says, freely as you receive, freely give. Freely as you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, freely as you receive being filled with the Holy Spirit, freely you give what the Holy Spirit put in you. It's like a receptacle. You pour it out. Go back and get filled again. You pour it, pour it out, go back and give. That's what Jesus talked about being a drink offering, pouring himself unto us. So we are now a drink offering in this world for dark, against darkness. And, and we're pouring it into others, pouring into our brothers and sisters in Christ, pouring into those who are not saved. And so when you're doing that, you're coming in the authority. And that's how you can engage the enemy in spiritual warfare because you must walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. All right? Now watch this now. So understand, the miraculous should follow us as children of God. Jesus told us to go, in verse 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Was he talking to pastors and apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers? Was, was that who he was talking to only? No. We all are preachers in some way because we're all supposed to preach to others about the goodness and power of Christ. Each and every one of you have already preached to someone. Whether you're trying to preach someone the truth, trying to tell them to, to get their life together, get on the right path, whether you're trying to correct them, show them which way they need to go, that's preaching. Because you're not coming in your power. That, that wisdom didn't come from you. So there are great works that we are to do in Jesus' name, and the power of God works in us through the anointing on our lives under the guiding of the Holy Spirit. So again, we have the power and authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick. And nothing shall be able to harm us. In other words, the enemy cannot take our life unless God allows our life to be laid down. And this doesn't mean that everyone will go to heaven because we know that many who call in Jesus' name aren't necessarily going to heaven. We must carry out his will through obedience. But watch this now. Follow me here. Jesus made a clear promise in this passage. He made it, 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 I didn't make it up. I didn't come up this off the top of my head. He made a clear promise in this passage that signed would follow those who believe in him. So let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that uh, he was raised from the dead with all power in his hand? Do you believe that he is sitting back into heaven and he's sitting on the right hand of God the Father? Then you are saved. Then you are saved. But then now the next step is doing his will. Because I say it all the time. Demons believe. Demons believe in Jesus Christ. They know exactly who they believe in his power. They know what his power. They're just walking in rebellion and disobedience. That's what separates us. We're not walking in rebellion and disobedience. Scripture even talks when we walk in rebellion and disobedience, we become uh, you know, a, a child of Satan because he said he's the father of lies. The father of lies. And so, therefore, that's why we have to walk in truth, spirit and truth. Okay? And so, with that being said, he made a, Jesus made a clear promise here. That those who believe, those who trust him, those who are obedient to his will, he said, signs would follow those who believe. So we must activate those signs by moving forward so the work can be done through us. And again, what are these signs? Jesus promised that if we believe in him, we will cast out demons, not just for the preacher, 
We, be, we believe in Christ. We will cast out demons, speak in new tongues, and heal the sick. You just need to go and do it. And some of you may say, well, I don't have no new tongues. I don't have new tongues. I want to speak in tongues. Keep praying. The Holy Spirit gives gifts liberally. You want to speak in tongues, be able to pray in tongues, etc. pray for it. It'll come. It'll come. I assure you, it will come. You desire it, it will come. But the things that he said, because he said these signs will follow. So look, we already said you can cast out demons. You can heal the sick. And watch the sound. The key word was go. He said go into a world and preach. The key word was go. So when you go and do God's will, you will always produce a harvest. I'm going to say that again. When you go and do God's will, you will always, 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 always produce a harvest. And the first sign mentioned that would follow is to cast out demons. Sickness is not of God. So you know it's a demon. It doesn't mean a person is demon-possessed. But mainly it's just an attack on the body, mind, soul, etc. And we must attack back. And we all have been attacked in our body, our mind, our soul, etc. at some point. And we gotta and we gotta attack back. And again, sickness is an enemy that you must destroy through the power of God in you, and not just in your life, but in the lives of others. And Jesus told us to go. He said to go and lay hands on the sick. And what did he say? They will recover. So therefore, if he said they will recover, that's not on you. You put a command on God's word. He just told you to go and do. And if you go and do, he said you lay hands on the sick, pray for them, they will recover. So that takes pressure off of you now because you say, okay, well, Lord, you said, you told me to do this. You told me to go lay hands on the sick. You told me to pray for the sick. And you said, and they will recover. So therefore, my job is to go so the Holy Spirit will be, have the opportunity to do his job. We have to employ the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit is saying, I have not been able to operate in your life at the measure and the amount that I wanted to because you are limiting me to your own box. You are limiting me to just your situation. I did not feel you just for you. I filled you for the world. I filled you to go out into the world and bring that light. I filled you so that you can go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. And guess what? He's saying, guess what? You can always come back for more. You can always come back and get filled up again. No matter how low you get, you can always come back and get filled again. So you got to go. Give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to do his job. And we've talked with this all throughout this different series about even the blood of Jesus. You have to put the blood of Jesus to work. You have to tell the blood where to go. Tell the blood to cover your family. Tell the blood to cover your children. Tell the blood to cover your house, etc. You have to tell the blood where to flow so it flows against the enemy. Because, again, we, as we said before, the blood of Jesus, the only thing the blood of Jesus can do for you without you saying something is covering you when it comes to salvation. When Jesus looks at you, he sees the blood. When God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus. But that's all the blood would do if you never speak another word about it. But you need the blood in spiritual warfare. So you have to open up your mouth and tell the blood what to do. Tell the blood where to go. The blood speaks. and It flows. The blood speaks. Okay? So, again, you got to go. Simple as that. All right? Let's go to Luke 10. Luke 10. Luke 10. Luke 10. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 2. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 2. Again, we're talking about your divine right. Your divine right to healing. Your divine right to healing. Because, again, it's your right. It's your divine right. All right, Luke, Luke, Luke. Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 2, and then uh, we're going to read verse 9, and then 17 through 19. Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, verses 1 through 2. 
and it reads, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Verse 9, And heal the sick there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near, near you. All right, in verse 17 through 19. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Hmm. We hear that again, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We just heard that in the last passage. So watch this. So we see that Jesus appointed 70 more disciples. After the original 12 that he appointed, he appointed 70 more. So he sent them together two by two, two together in two by twos to go into cities and places where he was about to go. So they did some of the work before Jesus even got there. They prepared the way for Jesus' entrance. And they did miracles, signs, and wonders in the name of Jesus. They had the authority to do it. He gave them his power and authority to, to perform miracles. Just like he gave you and I to perform the miracles today. And here is a great harvest. But it requires work to get to it. Jesus didn't suggest that they heal the sick there. He didn't suggest. He, didn't, he did not suggest that they heal the sick there. But it was a commandment. He commanded them to do it. And understand, Jesus does not give out suggestions. But he gives out orders. That if we follow them, lives will be changed because of it. And I say before all the time, God doesn't make suggestions. He makes commands. It's not a suggestion that you heal the sick. It's not a suggestion that you bring light to darkness. It's not a suggestion. It's an expectation. It's a mandate. And so we see here, there were not enough laborers who are positioned to walk in the power and authority and to proclaim the kingdom of God. So you are a part of the kingdom of God, and you are to bring the kingdom of God wherever you go so that others will have that encounter with God's kingdom. And we see here. The seven returned with excitement because they were actually able to go into cities together. And guess what? Demons had to obey them. Why did the demons have to obey them? Because they came in the authority of Jesus Christ. They came with the law on their side. They came with the law on their side. The authority. The authority. Simple as that. You have that authority. So, so therefore, stop allowing demons to beat on you. When you walk in the story of Christ, they must obey you. They must obey you, whatever in your life, whatever they're trying to cause hell in, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your body, health, etc., your mind, they must obey you. And you have to keep using the power and keep using authority, keep using your spiritual weapons until you see that change. Because it is a war. They are holding up some of your stuff. Some of you have delayed manifestations, not because God haven't answered the prayer, but because there's, there's demons, there's principalities that are holding it up. And you have to fight until, it, until you get that breakthrough. Daniel chapter 10, you got to fight for that thing. You got to fight. But you were equipped with all the weapons that you need to fight. Okay? So again, we have the authority. So we see that these 70, they were excited. They were excited. To see that they were walking this problem, so they were healing the sick, casting out demons, etc. So they were excited because they never operated with so much authority. So Jesus let them know that He gave them authority against Satan 
and the enemy can by no means hurt them. And this applies to you and me as well. We are protected when we walk in the power and authority of God. And the only way the enemy can get access to harm us is if we allow it or if God allows it. However, the enemy can never truly harm us because even death has no power over us. Death was already defeated when Christ died and rose. So we can only die when God allows it. This does not mean that just because one dies and God allows it, that they're going to automatically go to heaven. As I said, that will be based on if we carried out God's will here on earth or not in the first heaven. So we must go and do. You have to go and do. You have to go and this is your call to action. You have to go and do. The next time you see someone in the grocery store, next time you see someone walk down the, down the street on a cane, in a wheelchair, just looking sick, down, just go up to them. It, 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 it's all right if I pray for you. Are, are you saved? Are you a Christian? Don't matter if they're not or not. Don't matter if they're saved or not. But you, if they're willing to let you pray for them, then you pray. Because guess what? Contrary to popular belief, we have been taught, we talked, and we've talked this before and on past Bible studies, that we were taught to believe that they have to have faith. That they have to have faith to be healed. Not necessarily. It certainly helps. But you can have enough faith for them to be healed. Because again, remember, you come with the power and authority of Jesus Christ. You're bringing the kingdom of God in you so you can have the faith for them to be healed. Now, granted, after that, it's up to them to maintain it and, you know, renew their mind and, you know, remain steadfast in the word and et cetera. And, you know, keep feeding themselves the word and walking in faith after that. But for it to happen, you can have enough faith. You can have faith for someone else to be healed. They can be an unbeliever. You can have faith. And we covered this before on Bible study. So you can have faith enough for someone else to be healed. So, again, someone needs a touch from the Lord. And he can very well send that touch through you on earth. He can send that touch through you here on earth. He can send it through you. So that's why we have to be willing. We have to be available, willing vessels. All right? Let's go to Acts 19. Acts 19, verses 11 through 12. Acts 19. Acts 19. Acts 19, verses 11 through 12. Again, that's Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 12. And it reads, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So here we see that God did unusual miracles through Apostle Paul. And it was done so much until handkerchiefs and aprons that Paul used or touched were sent to the sick, and the diseases and evil spirits left them immediately. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, watch this now, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, things you touch will cause people to have an encounter with God. Things you touch will cause people to have an encounter with God. And I said this a long time ago, that you can transfer the anointing. You can go into a restaurant and sit in a seat. And you can say, Father, I transfer the anointing right here in this seat. So when the next person who comes and sits there, they'll have an encounter because you left it there. And we see the example here with these handkerchiefs from Paul. So anywhere you go, anywhere you go, it's someone's car. You can transfer that anointing. Leave it there. Because, again, it, it flows. It, many things of God, the, the spirit flows. It flows. The blood of Jesus flows. So we see here, again, from Apostle Paul, just, they, they had handkerchiefs or aprons. 
that they were saying that he touched and they were saying that folks would be healed and delivered because he was filled with that Holy Spirit. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills you up and he says, go and I'm with you and I'm going to do the work through you. But he said, but you got to go. The Holy Spirit gets frustrated sometimes with us because he'll never force himself. He said, go. You're not going enough. I want to do more miracles. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not able to do enough miracles because y'all not going. I'm not able to form enough miracles in, in, in and through you because you're not going because you thought that was for someone else. No, it's for you. I filled you up so you can go. There's people you will touch and lay hands and pray that the preacher, the pastor, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher will never be able to touch. There are people you come in contact that I will never see or meet. So guess what? It's for you. That anointing is for you. What, what's on me is for me. That's why we all have to do it. I'm not any more special than you are. The same power and authority in me is the same power and authority in you. But we got to keep getting filled and going to getting, you know, because, again, the Holy Spirit is the power. The Holy Spirit is the power. But that's why I'm saying they're getting filled. At, and that's why we, we can talk about levels in the spirit, because if you're not using what's in you, then the Holy Spirit is like, well, that's what's fitting you for what? I, I haven't had to fill you up again because you haven't been pouring yourself out. You haven't been going and doing. You haven't been letting, letting, letting the virtue flow through you. In the same way, Paul had these aprons, these handkerchiefs because they transferred anointing. What happened when the, the woman issued blood touched the hem of, of Jesus' garment? He felt something go. He felt virtue leave him. Who touched me? Oh, it was a large crowd. And like, the disciples was like, how are we supposed to know who touched you? All these people. He said, no, I felt something leave. I know something happened. Something, and, and, and it was obvious who it was. It was on him. The glory of God was on him. The glory of God is on you. The devil just wants you to make you think that it's not. The enemy wants to make you think that you're just common. How can you be a child of God and be common? No child of God is common. You're not common. You're not a commoner. You got power and authority. You're not coming in your name. I can see, look, if you, can, if you were coming in your name, you had every right to be afraid. You had every right to be concerned. But he already said, you believe. These signs will follow you. You heal the sick. Cast out demons. Speak in new tongues. These signs shall follow you. These signs shall follow you. They're going to follow you. Miracles will follow you. But you have to go and do. Pray for the sick. Pray for those who are disturbed, those who are distressed. And not just, oh, well, I prayed for you. Yeah, it was good. But I'm saying if you can get in physical contact with them, they're right there. Do it then. Because you're transferring, you, you're giving life into them. Okay? And so we see here that God did unusual miracles through Apostle Paul. Okay? And so this was not to glorify Paul, but God did it so that he would be glorified and the people would believe the message in the power of Jesus through the preached word. It was also done so God could confirm publicly to others the ministry that God placed in Paul. And look, God would do unusual miracles through you. It would be unusual to others, but it would be normal to you. It'll be unused to others when you lay hands on the sick and they recover. It'll be unused to others when you lay hands on a perfect stranger and pray for them and they'll recover. But it'll be useful for you because you'll get used to it. It'll become normal to you. The more you do it, it will become natural because the supernatural should become natural to you and I. And God anointed Apostle Paul to accomplish this, just like he anointed us to accomplish this. So remember, the anointing is God doing the work through us. This differs from the glory of God. The glory of God is when God does it himself, independent of using any person. So notice that it says that God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. 
by the hands of Paul. God decided not to move from heaven to earth, so he sent you on his behalf so he could do the work through you, through your hands, through your words. He can do the work through you. So your body belongs to God, not to Satan. So if anything is attacking your body or that of another person, you can command it to leave in Jesus' name. Why? Because you have the law on your side. You have the authority of Jesus Christ, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? Let's go to Acts 5. Let's stay right here in Acts. Acts 5, verses 12 to 16. And right after that, we're going to go to 3 John 1 and 2. So Acts chapter 5. Put your finger on Acts chapter 5, and then we're going to go to 3 John 1 and 2 right after that. Our last scripture. All right, Acts chapter 5. Verses 12 through 16, Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. And it reads, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. And they were all healed. It didn't say some. Didn't say a few. It said they were all healed. Hello, somebody. In the same anointing, the same power of the Holy Spirit, the same authority that was on Paul, that was on Peter, on all the disciples, is on you. It's on you. But we were led to believe that we didn't have that much power. You can't have that much power. You're not God. You're right. You're not God. But God doing the work through you, and you have the power of attorney. To sign your name on the dotted lines as though you were Jesus Christ. That's what his authority means. He, he said, I'm giving you the power of attorney to use my name as though you were me. So therefore, you are Christ in this earth. You bring it. That's why scripture says you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. You can't be hidden. You've been trying to hide. You've been hiding behind the scenes for too long. But you, it's time for you to come to the forefront. It's time for you to go. As Jesus said, go, 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 go heal the sick, go raise the dead, go cast out demons. He told us to go. He didn't say wait. He didn't say wait. Wait and see what happens. And watch this now. And I'm going to mess up your theology now. I'm about to mess up your theology. Some people are like, oh, I got to wait to be led by the spirits. I got to be, I got to be, I went led by the spirit to pray for them. I know they were sick, but I went, no, 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 no. That, that, that's not what it's talking about. There's certain things when it comes to, to doing certain God's willing, where God wants you to be territory, where he wants you to go, where he wants you to do, et cetera. But it's, if it's already in his word, it's already his will. I don't have to pray to God if it's his will for me to go and lay hands and heal someone. Why would I have to pray for him when God already said it's his will? Why would I have to do it? He already told me to go. He already told you to go. You got to pray, Lord, if it's your will, I'll go and pray for that person over there that's sick. I'll go pray for that person that's in the wheelchair. No, you don't need to seek God for that. 
Only thing you need to do is go and do, and the Holy Spirit will do the work through you. Because he already said to go. He already told you to go. He already, that's a command. That's like saying, Lord, he gave it attention. Lord, it, 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 do, do I need to steal? It's okay if I steal this. No, you already know that's against his will. You don't have to ask him that. You don't have to be led about that. He will never lead you to do something wrong. So, therefore, that takes, again, pressure off of you. That takes the excuse off of you. Just go and do it. Stop worrying about it. Stop allowing fear to get Stop thinking, oh, what if, what if something, what if they don't get healed right away? Not your problem. That's not on you. That's on the Holy Spirit. You just need to have the faith enough to go and do it. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you will become. It will be like second. It will be like eating to you. It will be like washing. It will be second nature. It will be natural if you go and do. But you have to go, 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 go and do. Go and do. You still looking for your purpose? I, hey, that's enough work for you to do right there. You find your purpose in the midst of it. Go, go, go. That's the word to you. Go, 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 go. You, he's talking to you. Go and do. Go and do. Go and lay hands on the sick. Go and minister to someone else. And look, and there's folks all around you. There's folks right now on your job. You can, yeah, they tell you about a loved one who's sick. Tell them about a loved one who's going in surgery. Who, who got terminal, a ter- terminal illness. You're like, oh, man, girl, wow, oh, man, wow. Yeah, I'll pray. I'll, I'll definitely be praying for them. But if they're in your city, you go. If they're close enough, you can get to them, you go and lay hands. Because Jesus already commanded it. And he commanded it. But what did he say? Y'all remember what he said? What, what did he say? He said, hmm, and these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They will not might. Not possibly. Not there's a chance. Depends on how he feels today. He said they will. You will cast out demons. You will speak in new tongues. You will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Those are definitive statements. There's no ambiguity in those words. They will. They will. They will recover. They will recover. Simple as that. They will recover. And we see here in this passage. We see the apostles are the leaders in the church. They accomplish many signs and wonders among the people through the power of God. And the more you go out and do, the more opportunities for miracle signs and wonders to follow you. They're waiting to follow you. They want to follow you. So we know that as children of God, we have this ability through God's power. And if you do for God, you will get all that comes with God. I'm going to say that again. If you do for God, you will get all that comes with God. Miracle signs and wonders are to bring glory to God, not to us. And some of the believers of Christ in this particular passage, they respected them so highly, uh, the apostles so highly, and would not get in their way or say too much because of what happened to Ananias and Sapphira and, and, and his wife Sapphira. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, they held back some of the proceeds from they you know, for the sell some of the sell some of their possessions, and they were supposed to present the money, et cetera, you know, for the building of the kingdom for you know the community. Uh, but they held back some of their, their possession and they lied on the Holy Spirit, and they immediately died. So some folks are, oh, man, folks dying around them with who, know, who being a disobedient to the Holy Spirit. So they were like, we respect y'all, but we ain't getting involved in all this because they missed the memo when, when Christ said go. But new converts, watch this, new converts were added daily because of the power of the message of Jesus Christ and the miracle signs and wonders being done through the men and women of God. Some of you have been waiting for a vision. You've been waiting for a vision, praying for a vision, but God already gave you an assignment to go and heal the sick and cast out demons. And the people brought those who were sick. In this passage, they brought those who were sick and sat them in the streets. 
that even Peter's shadow might pass over them and they will be healed. Peter's shadow. It wasn't Peter. It was his shadow. But it was because of the anointing upon his life, the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God can be so heavy on you until your presence can bring healing to someone. The Spirit of God can be so heavy on you until your presence, your literal presence, can bring healing to someone because of the glory of God that's on you. And they also brought the sick to them. And through the anointing on their lives, the people were healed. And demons left those who were being tormented. So when God's word goes forth, there should be a demonstration of that word. There's power in God's word. All right, let's go to our last passage, 3 John 1 and 2. 3 John chapter 1, verse number 2. 3 John chapter 1, verse number 2. And it's 3 John, 3 John 1 and 2. I'll read it. It just simply says, Beloved, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So understand, Apostle John spoke of how he wanted those he was writing to prosper in all things and to be in good health as their soul prosper. He was writing to them. He, wanted, he said, this is what I, I want you all to be in good health. But understand, the soul must also be in health in order to prosper. And God also wants this for us. God wants you to prosper in all things because he loves you and you represent him. And guess what? There is no lack in God's kingdom. There's no lack in your finances. There's no lack in your health. In God's government. And this is why it's so important to also ask the Lord to order your steps. Because he will lead us. And that mean that the enemy's not going to fight. Yeah, the enemy's going to fight against you, but you got to keep fighting back until you get your manifestation. Keep fighting back until you get your manifestation. Don't go by what you see. That's why he said we walk by faith, not by sight. Because if you go by what you see, you could be discouraged. And the enemy wants God's children sick. Because we make the enemy sick every time we do his will. The enemy wants God's children sick because we make the enemy sick every time we do God's will. And God wants you to wake up to the healing power that he placed in you so you can deliver healing to others. Again, this is for every last person under the sound of my voice. You have this same healing power. You have this same authority. And God, Christ commanded, he commanded you to go and do. He commanded you to go out and do it. So if you haven't been going out and doing it, then you're walking in disobedience. You're walking in sin. And I know part of our prayer is, Lord, forgive me for my sins of omission and commission, the sins I've done and the sins that I didn't know that I do. But now you know, so now you can't say you don't know. So when you come across someone who's sick, go and do. Because it's your territory. You have to bring light. And too much is given, much is required. And you've been praying, God, expand my territory, enlarge my territory, increase my capacity for more of you. Handle the capacity you have. Too much is given, much required, and then more will be given. Go, 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 go and do. And Jesus wasn't afraid to die on the cross for us, so we shouldn't be afraid to go and do God's will, even if it seems uncomfortable. Even if it seems uncomfortable. And it may be uncomfortable at first because it's out of your comfort zone. But God wants to get you out of your comfort zone because he wants you to walk in your power zone. He wants to get you out of your comfort zone because he wants you to walk in your power zone. When Peter walked on water and he saw Jesus on the water, he was in his power zone. He was in his natural state, which was spirit. And he went back into his natural state and allowed fear to pull, pull, pull him back out. It's in you. You have a divine right to healing. I'm going to close out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of yet another Bible study. We thank you for the word. 
uh, that went forth on this night, oh God. We thank you for each and everyone who's listening under the sound of my voice, oh God. I thank you, oh God, for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you, Lord, for what you've called them to, oh God. And I'm excited. I'm excited for their lives, oh God. I'm excited, oh God, for the praise reports that will come, oh God, from folks that they prayed for that, were, that, that, that recovered, oh God, that received their healing, that walk in their healing. I declare and agree now that a spirit of boldness shall hit them now, oh God. I send the fire of God now to consume these, your people, oh God, that your boldness will rise up and Holy Spirit rise up in them like never before. And I declare now in the name of Jesus that they shall walk in boldness, O oh God, that, for, that you shall continue to order their footsteps, that they will go and make disciples, that they will go and heal the sick, they will go and cast out demons, they will go and raise the dead in the name of Jesus. I declare in the creed, O oh God, that the miracle signs and wonders shall follow them, shall chase them down, O oh God, that your word shall be in their hearts, O oh God, that they will use it against the enemy, O oh God, that they will use their spiritual weapons against every attack of the enemy, and I declare that no weapon formed against them shall be able to prosper, O oh God. Thank you now, God. We bless your name. We glorify your name now, O oh God. These and all other blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen, amen, and amen. So, of course, as always, remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is Apostle Green signing out. God bless you. And a smile upon you. See you next week. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.